God, how thankful I am that you are the great I am. And I thank you, Lord, that you promise to be present wherever we gather in your name. Lord, so we gather here in your name, and I know you are present here, and there are people gathering all over the world watching this right now, and you are with them, Lord, and I pray that people would hear from you today, Jesus. And so be the great I am in the homes, through the tablets and the computers and the phones and every way that people are connecting with you today, Lord, I pray they wouldn't hear me, they would hear you, Jesus. And so come in the powerful and mighty name of Jesus, I ask it, amen. Well, it was about a week and a half ago. Uh, I was at home like all of us have been at home. And it was just a rough, just emotionally, spiritually day. I already apologized to uh, my staff. And, and I went and I was sharing with my wife. And I said, I think it's really starting to get to me. And I could just feel the weightiness of the world and all the news that gets bombarded uh, through all our devices. And I could feel the weightiness of the worry and anxiety that was creeping up in my soul. And I just confessed to her, it really, I feel, is starting to get to me. And so I've been really careful about what I allow to come into my mind. I have really spent a lot of time tuning out the news and just the constant clatter and noise of the world and have spent a lot more time tuning in and hearing the words of God and peace and comfort. And I haven't totally divorced myself from the news. I think it's important to know what's going on in the world. I've just been really, really selective at what I allow to come in. And so I'll scan through articles, and ones I want to read, I'll read, and other ones I just skip right on over. And I found one in the New York Times several weeks ago, and just the headline caught my attention. And the headline simply was this, where is God in a pandemic? And I thought, that's a really, really good question. And that really is what led to what we did. We canned what we're going to do and postpone that for another day for this series that we were going to be doing today. And we, several weeks ago, got together and said, let's put something together. What are questions that people are asking? And that is what we're doing in this series. But I also know that just the questions that we're going to focus on over the next few weeks together uh, might not be the questions that you have. And what we want to do and what we're committing to do as a staff is we want to take every question that you have in your mind, particularly any question that has kept you from deepening your relationship with God, or maybe it's kept you from your relationship with God. And if you have one of those questions, I hope what this sermon series does is just encourage you to ask those questions. And so if you have one on your heart that you've always wanted to ask, we want to engage with you. And we're going to do some of these and respond to some of these questions via video. But we are going to respond to every question. We're going to put some in just text form on our website and respond on social media. But if you have a question today, let me encourage you to text that question to 833-440-0100. Three, seven. And you can just text that question, whatever it is, and text it to that number, and we're going to be responding to every single one of those questions that come in. Or you can just email it to connect at stjohnmansfield.org. So this morning, I want to go back to that question that was in the New York Times article, where is God in the midst of the pandemic? I think that's a great question to ask, but as I thought about that question, I thought there's another question behind 
that question that I think is equally important to ask, and I want to use it to launch off with this morning, and that question is simply this, where are you in an epidemic? And I tell you, as you stop and think about that for just a moment, I want to go back in history with you for a few minutes and introduce you to a few characters, some of which probably you haven't heard of before. And the first is this. It was called the plague of Cyprian. And Cyprian was a church leader in Rome. And, and during the years 249 to 262, there was an incredible plague that permeated Rome at that time. Historians write that they had over 5,000 people that were dying every single day. Historians write that it was really every person for themselves and everybody was consumed with taking care of their own needs. But in the midst of that, there were some followers of Jesus who instead of running away from those who were ill and sick, were running their way toward them. And historians write that it was the way that these people loved and cared for the hurting and the sick that endeared people to the followers of Jesus. And you know what happened? Even though 5,000 people a day were dying, the church, followers of Jesus, began to grow. Skipping several centuries and going over to Germany in the 1600s, um, there was this German theologian. His name was Martin Reichert. And Martin Reichert um, served in a city during the time of an incredible plague that was going on. And there, at one point, he was the only pastor in town that had survived. And historians write that he was doing upwards of 50 funerals every single day. And you might never know about his name. But if you maybe grew up in a traditional church that sang hymns, you might have heard of this hymn that he wrote in the midst of that epidemic. It was, now thank we all our God with hearts and voices rising. And in the midst of an incredible epidemic, where was God? Well, God was sending people running into hurting people and dying people. And that's what this German pastor was doing. This is what God has been doing. And frankly, if you're a part of the St. John community, let me just brag on some of our wonderful people here for just a moment because I have been so touched by the way people have responded during this crisis. And even right now, right behind these walls, we opened up our gymnasium for the Carter Blood Center so they could have a large area. And we opened it up to our people to give blood because we knew that was a big need in our community, that going through this crisis, there was a shortage of blood. And so we opened up in one of our emails um, just a few weeks ago that said our Carter Blood Center is gonna be here in our gymnasium. If you'd like to sign up, we only have a limited number of spots so we can keep everybody at a safe distance but we would love for you to have the opportunity to give blood. And within just a few hours, all but one slot was taken, and it wasn't long before that last slot was taken. So every single slot um, was given up. I love that about our community. 
We have several people that are making masks for people and donating those for anybody in our community that has a need for a mask, and you can get those on our website. I love the generosity of people that just said, what can we do? What do our community need? What does the world need? And they saw that need, and they just started to fill that. We had several people came and said, I have been blessed financially. I would love to be able to come alongside if we have some people that are hurting during this time financially. I'm going to write a check and you just get it into the right hands. And it has been so rewarding to be able to come alongside these families, some of which didn't know if they were going to be able to pay their mortgage and rent and be able to say, no, we've got it taken care of this month because of the generosity of some wonderful people. Even in our preschool, out of the 129 families that make up 162 kids in our preschool, we've had a number of those families, 35 of them, said instead of refunding me my April tuition for the preschool, just keep it to make sure all the teachers have been taken care of. And I love that spirit of generosity that is welling up inside of people. Just this last weekend, we had a 24-hour prayer vigil, and we had 30-plus people sign up to be praying over 24 hours, praying for our community, for our first responders, for all of those kind of people. So again, where is God in the midst of an epidemic? What God is doing is he is sending his people into the epidemic to love and to serve and to care for those that are in need. And I would argue that is the very reason we are here on the face of the earth is to do just that, is to represent Jesus and to represent God to the world. Take a look at 1 Peter chapter 3, and I love this text of Scripture. Verse 15, if you're following along and got your Bible. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. And that's exactly what we are doing here this morning, lifting up the name of Jesus. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. And this is what our world needs right now. It needs hope. Because there are far too many people living hopeless lives who are so filled with worry and anxiety. And God says, always be ready to give a reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness. And do this with respect. These are great words for us to live by. This is what followers of Jesus should be doing. If God only wanted us to get to know him so we could spend eternity with him. As soon as we knew Jesus, he would take us up into heaven. But the very reason he still has us here is there's a purpose for us being here, and that is to represent God to the world. Where is God in the pandemic? The better question is where are his followers in the pandemic? That's me, and that's a lot of you watching here this morning. But I want to go back to that question, where is God? Because there are, I think, some really good answers to where is God in the midst of an epidemic. And, and the first thing I think is good for us to know is God is near Where is God? God is near to us. That is what his promise is. And even when Jesus walked the face of the earth, I love this promise. And Matthew records this because it so captured his heart and his attention. In Matthew 18, he wrote these words. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. Now that is a promise that Jesus made. And I don't know if you know much about the promises of God, but God always keeps his promise 100% 
of the time. And so when God says, where you gather, I'm going to be right there in the midst of them, that is a promise that we can take to the bank, that God is always going to be with us, that he is near us. And this is not just something that Jesus made up. This is who God is, his very essence. And even back in the Exodus where Moses was leading the people out of Egypt and into the promised land, here is Moses' perception. In the book of Deuteronomy, he writes this about our God. He says, what other nation is so great as to have their gods near them in a way that the Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to him? You see, back in the day in Egypt, their gods were far away from them. They didn't really interact in daily lives. They were, they were too important to interact with daily lives. And that was true in the Greek era as well with the Greek gods. that They really didn't mix with common human folk. That was unheard of. And the Roman gods picked up the same kind of thing. And all gods throughout culture, there's no way God would become a man and be born among us and live among us. That is impossible that would never happen. And yet this is who God is. God is near to us and God came to us in Jesus in bodily form and lived among us and gave up his life for us. God is near, he always has been and he always will be. So where is God? God is near. What is God doing right now? Well God is not sleeping. God is not just seeing how things play out. God is working. That's the second thing that we can get our minds focused on today to see him even more clearly is God is at work. He is always at work. In fact, Romans records he is constantly at work. He works all things for the good. He can work through coronavirus. He can work through that. He can work through evil. He can work all things for the good, for those called according to Christ Jesus. God is constantly at work. And his most important work that he is doing is saving souls for eternity. Now, I realize there are some people, and a lot of times it's people who don't know who Jesus is, and like, oh, that's great. Well, what we don't need is saving of souls right now. We need saving lives right now. So how about God just put the saving souls on the back burner for a while? And how about saving some lives? How about finding uh, some kind of protection against this coronavirus? How, how about just eradicating it from the face of the earth? How about we take care of that? And I would say amen to that. We need to be doing everything we can. And I love the fact, because I believe that God is sending very courageous nurses and um, doctors and caregivers into those sick rooms of people who are dying and coming alongside of them where they can't have family be at their side. These people are courageously going to their side. I think God is sending those people and our brave first responders. This is what God is doing. He is at work. But behind all that, the most important work that he'd be doing is saving souls because what a shame it would be for people to survive this COVID-19 crisis that we find ourselves in only to have their souls lost for eternity. Because this life is but a breath when you think about it from an eternal perspective. And what a shame to save this breath only to lose eternal breath forever. And so what is God doing? Well, God is working all things. 
and he's drawing us back to him. And I, I can't help but to think that maybe all this time that we have in our homes and all this time that we're not spend traveling around and, and hanging out with all kinds of people that God is trying to get our attention, that God is at work behind the scenes. Look at what he says in 1 Peter chapter 3. Skip down to verse 18. For Christ also suffered once for sins. That's what he did on the cross. He died in our place. The righteous, that's who God was. He was righteous for the unrighteous, that's us. To bring you to God. That's why he went through the cross. It's to bring you to God. That's God's most important work, to bring you to a living relationship with him. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. That is what we celebrated last week at Easter, and that's what we celebrate every single time we gather, that Christ is not dead. He is alive. He is risen. He is risen indeed. So God is need. God is near. God is working, and God is extending mercy. This is what God is doing right now. I know you can read a lot of things online from people who follow Jesus, and they say, well, this is God's judgment on the world. That's why God is condemning the world through COVID-19. And Pastor Tim is going to talk a little bit more about this next week, so I'm not going to get too far into it. But let me just say, judgment is coming. We believe judgment will come. But you're going to know when God comes to judge the world because every eye is going to see him and every tongue will confess that he is Lord, even those who don't believe in him. So you're going to know when God comes to judge the world. But what God is doing right now is God is extending mercy. And mercy always precedes judgment. That's been true from the very beginning of time when Adam and Eve first disobeyed God and God put them out of the garden, but God gave them a promise. You're not gonna die right now. I'm gonna send a savior into the world. And when Pharaoh was disobedient, God gave even Pharaoh as he was enslaving his people in Egypt time and time again through the plagues a chance to repent. And the Bible records Pharaoh time after time hardened his heart until finally God had had enough of extending mercy to Pharaoh and God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And God continues to extend mercy and extend mercy. And so what is God doing right now? He's extending mercy to us. Skip down to verse 19 and 20 in our text today. After being made alive, so after he died on the cross in the tomb, he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits, to those that were disobedient long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while an ark was being built. In it, only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. I was thinking again about that story of Noah, and for a lot of us, that's just a little Sunday school story. Oh, isn't that cute, with the animals coming two by two onto an ark? But for those of you who've ever spent time digging into that story, uh, you realize that the chaos that was going on in that world and what that must have been like. Noah uh, was told to build the ark, and he built the ark. And when the rain started coming, only eight ran toward mercy. Only eight people went into the ark. 
everybody else on the face of the earth perished. And what a sad commentary that was. That as God was extending mercy, here is an ark, only eight people were running toward it. I want to encourage you today, if you're living far away from Jesus, if you are disconnected from him, and this morning God is tugging at your heart, again, what God has done is he's planted a seed of faith in you. So let me invite you to run toward mercy. This is what God is doing during a pandemic. He's extending mercy to us. And so let me extend that same mercy to you, and let me invite you to respond to what God is doing in your heart. Last week on Easter, we did this. We gave people an opportunity to just text the word, I believe, all one word. And we said, just text that in. And we had, I think, 68 different people text, uh, I believe, to that. And I want to invite you to do that again, because I know there are some people that don't have a relationship with Jesus that are watching this. And I'm so glad you tuned in. I believe that wasn't by accident. God wanted you to hear this today, that God is extending mercy to you today. And we want to connect with you because we want to share more about Jesus with you. And if that is you this morning, would you please just pick up your phone? It's probably right there in your pocket or right by your side. Pick it up and just text the word, I believe, to 833-440-0137 so we can begin this dialogue with you. We want you to know about Jesus. We want you to connect with Jesus. You see, too often we look and we live our lives looking for something. And right now, COVID-19 is that something that is getting most of our attention. I want to invite you to look to someone this morning, to look to Jesus today for hope and for assurance and for answers this morning. You matter to God and you matter to me. You matter to us and we want to connect with you today and so don't miss the opportunity to confess your faith in God so please text these words and again if you have questions through this series text you can text your question to that same thing we don't want anything to be between you and between Jesus and if there is a question that has been burning on your heart that has kept you from Jesus today please give us that question so we can answer that for you we would love for you to enjoy a relationship with God and discover the hope that so many people have from following Jesus.